So, we're up to Daf Kuf Gimel Amid Aleph, the bottom line of Kuf Beis Amid Beis. But Elamar Abaya, in Kaifin is Hamoicher Limkar Zimna Achrita, Vemamarle Amenas Kaifin is Hamoicher Limkar. Okay, basically, let's just review what we had yesterday, and I'll explain what we just read. We had yesterday as we started this discussion, this Shita of Eretz Yisrael, that the Rabbanu Eretz Yisrael had the Shita that if I'm selling to you through a middleman. If he's a shliach, then I can just hand it to him. Whether I know who the real buyer is or not is irrelevant. But if, I, if he's not a shliach, meaning if he deviates, it's not a good sale. Because I think I'm selling it to him, but I'm actually selling it. He's not the right owner. He's just a middleman. So if you have a middleman who deviates from his shlichus, so if, if you give $100 to Menashe, say, buy apples, and he ends up buying oranges, the Rabbana feels it's not a good sale. Why? Because I'm giving him the oranges thinking he's the owner, but he's really not the owner you are, but he's not a shliach anymore, so it's a break in the sale. Fine. The Gemara then brought a b'raisa. The b'raisa said that if a person goes to the store, okay, goes to, to the real estate, uh, and he buys property, and he says he's buying it for the Reish Galusa. He tells everyone it's for the Reish Galusa, and he even writes on the deed of sale, Reish Galusa. But it's for him. So the halacha is, it's a good sale. And he owns it, not the Reish Galusa. The question is, though, does, can he make the Reish Galusa write him a deed of sale? Because again, right now, he's got, he, he bought a house that says that it's bought by the Reish Galusa. So he wants, he would like uh, the Reish Galusa to officially sell it to him. So the Gemara said, if, standard no, the Reish Galusa doesn't have to. But if he said, Almanas. If he bought it on condition, the Reish Galusa would write him a deed of sale. The Reish Galusa has to write him a deed of sale. That's what we said yesterday. The problem we had yesterday is that why should the Reish Galusa have to be involved in this? You go to the store. Now, by the way, why would you say the Reish Galusa, you're buying it for the Reish Galusa? So I thought it was just because of Hashivas. The Gemara said the reason why you would do it is because then no one would give you, like, no one would hassle you. Right? Every time you buy a property, you're always concerned what if a creditor is going to come and take it. You say you bought it for the Reish Galusa, no one's, no one's giving you a hard time. So here's the kasha. You, you, say, you say you bought it on behalf of the Reish Galusa, but you didn't. And you write in the deed of sale Reish Galusa. So the Reish Galusa doesn't have to write you a document. Okay. But if you say, I'm an ass, then they have to. Why, why, do they, why, why do they have to do anything? Who, who are you to start getting the Reish Galusa involved? So the Gemara says, you know what the Pshad is? This is the beginning of Daf Kuf Gimel. It's a different Mahalach. In koifin es hamoicher limkar zimna achriti, vim omra almanas koifin es hamoicher limkar. It's not the Reish Galusa that has to write you a deed of sale. It's the seller. Meaning, Gavin comes into my store and he says he's buying a property for the Reish Galusa. So I write a deed of sale for the Reish Galusa. The question is, can Gavin demand that I write another deed of sale with his name on it? So, standard, no. But if he says, Almanas, then I have to. So it's not the Reish Galusa. The Reish Galusa is not involved with Chlal. Like, what do they have to do with anything? The question is, can you make me write you a second deed of sale? Now, why would I be against writing you a second deed of sale? Because it doesn't. It makes it look like I'm. Um, it makes it look like I'm playing games that I'm writing multiple deeds of sales for one property. Even though the sale, the one that says to the Reish Galusa is a bit of a fake. So that's the halacha. The Reish Galusa doesn't have to be involved at all. The question is, can you make me sign a document, write a second deed of sale with your name on it? You understand? So the first deed of sale I wrote to the Reish Galusa, then the question is, you come over and you're like, listen, I, I, I'm buying it for me. I know you wrote Reish Galusa. Do me a favor. Write me, another Reish, write me another deed of sale that has my name on it so I don't have to deal with headaches later on. So standard, I don't have to. 
because it's not good for me to be writing multiple deeds of sale for one property. It makes it look like I'm um, playing games. But if you wrote almanas, meaning if you bought it on condition I write you another deed of sale, then I have to. That's the Gemara. So, okay, pretty standard. Now the Gemara is just going to analyze this. So there's two halachas. One is that if I sell you a property and you wrote Reish Galusa and then you ask for me to write you another deed of sale, I don't have to. But if, if you said almanas, I have to. So let's come around and analyze this. The first halacha is that if you ask me to write you another deed of sale, I don't have to. Unless you said almanas. But stand there, I don't have to. So Gemara says, Pshita, it's Pashit. Why should I have to? Why should I have to do this for you? It's Pashit. Of course I don't have to. You want to write a deed of sale for Mickey Mouse? Okay. You want me to write you another one? No. It's Pashit, I don't have to. Why would, why would I have to? So the, and again, it's bad for me too because it makes it look like I'm playing games that I'm writing multiple deeds of sales with different names on it for the same property. People aren't going to know that the first one was a game. They're just going to hear me writing multiple games. So of course I don't have this passion. So the Gemara says, Ma'u the same Amatsi You might think, again, Gavin walks into the store and he says, I'm buying it for the Reish Galusa, even though he isn't. I write the deed of sale for the Reish Galusa. Then he comes over to me privately and says, listen, it's not for the Reish Galusa. Do me a favor, write me another one. So Gemara says, I don't have to. Gemara says, Pshit, it's Pashit. So the Gemara says, Ma'u the same, you might think, that Gavin could say to the, the seller, you know, I'm selling, you know I'm buying it and not the Reish Galusa. And I'm only saying Reish Galusa just to give me more security. Meaning, you know the game I'm playing. And I don't want to lose the property. Meaning, you don't want to write it because it doesn't look good for you. You know the story. I won't mess you up. I won't reveal it. You know the deal. And I only bought it assuming you write me another one. So you might think that that is a legitimate argument. Come on, no. Amrlei. No, the seller can say, I'm not writing you another deed of sale. You want, you want to get the property done perfectly? Get the Reish Kalusa to write one for you. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I, I wrote, I sold you the property, I wrote the name you wanted. I'm not doing another one. Meaning you might think that the guy could say, you knew full well this is what I wanted. No, I don't have to. But if Gavin buys it on condition that I write him another deed of sale with his name on it, then I have to. Okay, it's a condition, it's a condition. So the Gemara says, That's also a portion. That's also a portion. Condition's a condition. So if the condition was that you'll write me a second deed of sale with my name, that's also a portion. Of course you have to keep a condition. A condition's a condition. So the Gemara says, The case is, the case is as follows. He buys it from the seller, and as he's buying it, he says, on condition I get, I get another document. Now, he didn't say from who. So you might think that the seller can say, I thought you meant that the, the Rish Galusa is going to write you a document. I didn't know I had to. Meaning if he said, on condition, again, I'm selling the property to you, in, and you're writing Menashe's name for whatever reason. You come to me, and you said, on condition, Avi writes me another document, then it's Pashit. That's not the case. That's not what happened. You said, on condition, I get another document in front of witnesses. So you might think that I could say, I didn't know. I'm the one who writes it. I thought you meant, on condition, Menashe writes you a document. I didn't know I was. You never said my name. Mao, the same Amatsi Amrla, you might think that the seller can say, I thought you meant, I'm not writing another document. You're like, but that was the deal. You never said my name. 
you just said on Kaddish you get another star. I thought you meant that Menashe is going to write you a star, not the seller. The Reish Kaluz is going to write you a star. Kamash Malan, the Chiddush of the Gemara is to that you could respond. Why do you think I'm saying that stipulation in front of witnesses? Because I want you to do it. Meaning, if it's just getting the Reish Kalusa to write a document, then you don't need to stipulate it, you don't need to verbalize it. That's a you and the Reish Kalusa business. The fact that you said it publicly in front of witnesses and in front of my presence indicates that you want the seller to write you another document. That's the Chiddush of the Gemara. That's not right, man. It seems hard that you have a kind of trying to validate what appears to be a fraudulent conveyance. Well, it, the whole thing is a little bit of a fraudulence, but I guess they would do it because, again, the seller knows who's buying it. The buyer knows who's buying it. The witnesses know who's buying it. You're only writing Reish Galusa to prevent you from other people harassing you. I, it feels funny. It feels like a wrong thing to do, but the Gemara evidently feels that it's motor. It does feel like a, like a bit of a game, but okay. Now, this... Yeah. Now the Gemara says the next thing. Now this next story is very strange because we're, I'll tell you the case, and the Gemara will instantly try to figure out w- what exactly is the problem here. Okay, Rav Kahana Yohev Zuza Akisna. Rav Kahana gave money for flax, so he goes to a flax salesman. He gives two hundred dollars for flax. Now he doesn't take the flax home with him, but seemingly he makes a kinyan. So he goes to the store, pays credit card picks up the flax, and he's like, you know what? I don't want to schlep it now. I'll come back. Okay. So he should come back to pick up the flax. But, Lesofi Yaker Kisna, while he's away, the price of flax doubles. So when he bought the flax, he paid $200 for the flax. Right now, that flax is worth $400. So you know what the seller does? Zabni Mbavacha de Kisna. The seller, I mean, okay, I have the flax. Gavin comes to my, I'm a flax salesman. He gives me $200. I have a box of flax. So $200 with a box. He picks it up. He's like, you know, I'll pick it up later. Goes on a vacation. While he's gone, the price of flax doubles. Is now this two hundred dollar box is now worth four hundred dollars. I sell it to a rando. I have now four hundred dollars cash. The question is, can I give it to you? So, you say, well, why not? That sounds like a pretty, pretty standard. You know, you bought flax and then I sold it for you. Says the Gemara. Amar lei Mo'avid Rav Kahana came before Rav and he said. Can I take the money? Ezel Eshkel Zuzik, can I take the money? Or does it look like Ribas? Why? I gave $200, didn't get anything back, so you could look at it as a loan, and I got $400 back. Again, we're going to analyze the problem. Like, yes, on a very superficial level, I gave $200 and I got back $400. That's interest. So he said like this, If when they sold the flax, they said, this is Rav Kahana's flax, then Zishko, you could take the money. But if he never said that, it's a problem. Meaning, it's an issue. Unless he verbalized, unless everyone knew who the owner was, this is a problem. That's what the Gemara says. Now, this is, let's analyze this for a second. Gavin gives me $200, picks up flax. It's now his flax. While he's gone, I sell it. It's now with $400. Give him the $400, it's a problem. Because of interest. Now, let's speak this outside, we'll see it inside. Manusha. If I had his permission to sell it, you know what that's called? That's called business. <laughs> he had $200 worth of flax. <clears throat> it doubled in price. I sold it for $400, gave him the money. That's called business. Like, what's the problem? If I didn't have permission to sell it, and it was actually his flax, and I didn't have permission, I'm a thief. <laughs> I can't just sell your stuff. Right? If, if you bought a couch, 
and you wanted that couch, and you acquired that couch, and then before you picked it up, I sold it to a third party even to make money. That's not allowed. So if I have your permission, it's not rivet. Point is, Mimonashach, it's not ribis. It's either allowed or not allowed, but it shouldn't be interest. Like, why should it be interest? It's not a loan here. It's either business or you're stealing from me. You understand the problem? You're a I'm not a shamer. I'm a store owner. But what are you? Holding my flats. What are Well, that's the question. If I'm, let's say I'm a shamer. Okay. If I have your permission to sell it, then I, that's just business. If I don't have your permission, I'm a thief. But it's definitely not a loan. Interest is on a loan. It's not a loan. What do you understand? Like it's either allowed or it's it's also because of Gneva, but it's not ribus. So that's the Gemara's point. The Gemara says, Kiman. What, what, what's the problem here? Does this have to do with the last sugi that we had? That if you don't know who who the seller is, it's a problem. But no, the Gemara says, wait a minute. It's not like Rav Kana lent $400 and got back $800. It's not a loan. The flax went up. That's called business. And if Migzal Gazle, and if the seller did not have the right to sell it, then he's a thief. It's not, it's not interest. It's either business or stealing. It's not interest. Sigmar says, you know what the case is? The case is not what you thought. The case was, you thought the case was, I have flax, you come in, you pay $200, pick up the flax, it's yours, and then you leave. And then I sell it for you. Now, if that's the case, that's just business. And if I don't have permission, then I'm a thief. It's not the case. The case is what's called amana. Okay, amana means as follows. Amana, amana means like this. You go to the store, and you go in and you say like this, they have a deal. I'm going to give you $200 now. Right now, flax is cheap. Flax is a dollar a pound. I'm going to give you $200. There's no flax now. But the market is, is, is low. I'm going, to, I'm going to lock it in that the rest of the year, I want flax at this price. Now, the halacha is, that's called an amana. Now, the reason why you, the seller, would want that is because it gives you cash. I want it because I'm locking it in because the price of flax can skyrocket, but I already I already locked it in. You don't make any kinyanim. So the truth is, amana should be usher because of ribis. Because if you think about it, I give $200, you, you sell eggs. Right now the price of eggs is very low. So I walk into the store, I said, listen, here's $100 on credit. I want eggs the rest of the year on this price. doesn't matter what goes up or down. I want it on this price. The truth is, that should be usher if you think about it because... You're not getting a product back. So you're giving the store owner $100. So you sort of look at the owner as like he's taking a loan. And he's returning a product that's more valuable than the money you gave. You gave him $100 and you're getting back $200 worth of eggs. It actually should be also if you think about it. Because if you look at it as a loan, it, you're, you're, you're getting more than what you gave. You gave $100, but when you come to collect, the price of eggs is double. And you're getting $200 worth of eggs for a $100 investment. Now, the reason why it's allowed is because Chazal allowed it. In order to keep business going, Chazal allowed it. So I'll say outside over here. Over here, the problem is you did this exact same thing. You gave him $200 to lock in flax at a certain price. A month later, the price of flax is doubled. Instead of collecting the flax, the guy sold the flax for you and gave you the money. So what's the problem? 
The halacha is we only allow an amana to take place if you get a product back. So if you lock it in, I lock it in, I give you $200 and I say, I want flax at this price. A month later, the price of flax is doubled. You should give me $400 worth of flax. Now, that should be oser because of ribis, but that's the halacha. But if you sell the flax and give me the money, that's a problem. It's the exact same thing. It's the exact same thing. The problem is over here, optics. If you give $200 and you lock in flax at a certain price, and then a month later the price skyrockets, you could still get the double amount of flax. I, you'll say you gave $200, you're getting $400 worth of flax. Ghazal were okay with it because it looks like business. But if you were to then, if the owner were to sell the flax and give you the cash, then if you think about it, I'm giving $200, I'm getting $400 cash back. That did not look right. So the case was, it's called amana, which is, again, the concept is you give money right now locking in a price that you could collect the product later on in the year at that price, even if the value of the product went up. And the reason why Chazala allowed, the reason why the store owner would do it, you would do it because you're going to get a product down. The store owner does it because they get cash advanced. Um, Chazal were okay with that, even though it kind of looks like ribbis, as long as you get a product back. But if the store owner were to sell said product and give you cash, that looks too much like ribbis because in essence, you're giving $200. A month later, you're showing up and he's giving you $400 cash. Even though it's the exact same thing, if he were to give you $400 worth of flax, we'd be okay with it. But the second he sells it, no good. It's, it's, it's the optics are not good. Says the Gemara, Amri The case over there is Amona, that, that deal. He never acquired it. He just locked it in at that price. So why is it Aser? You're not allowed to do this with cash, because with cash, the optics are not good enough. Um, Okay. Okay, so let's go back. Let's. Uh, You're saying you have to take meaning, correct. Meaning, over here, you didn't. You didn't make a kinyan. You just locked in the price. A month later, you want to come and take it. If they want to give you the more valuable flax, fine. I I gave two hundred dollars. I'm getting four hundred dollars worth of flax. Chazal, we're okay with that. But you sell the flax and then give me the money. I'm giving you two hundred dollars. I'm getting four hundred dollars back. It doesn't, it doesn't look right. That, that's, that, it's a chazal. This whole thing is a chazal's institution. They feel that it looked too much like Rivas. Until futures became an actual way of doing business. Correct. But even, yeah, I don't know how that works. Right. Talking, I don't know about, I'm, I'm also, I'm like barely, I barely, I ain't go to college. So the Mishnah says like this. Now, this next sugya, <laughs> this next sugya in the Mishnah is like this. If you swear falsely denying a theft, you have to pay back the theft, and then, and, then you're, and then you're caught. And I'm sorry, then you confess your guilt. So here's the case. I say, Menashe, you stole from me. And you're like, no, I didn't. Swear. You swear in court that you didn't steal. And then you come back and they're like, okay, I stole. I stole. Halach is you have to pay back the, 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 the item you stole, a fifth, and bring a carbon. That's the halach. Okay. Says the Mishnah, If let's say you steal a shavapruta, you steal $5. And then you swear falsely, denying the theft, and then you admit, and you want to do tshuva. The halach is like this. Let's say in this case, I, I tell Menashe, you stole $1,000 from me. He's like, no, I didn't. I said, you swear? He swears in court. I didn't. I said. Comes back two days later, and he's like, I feel really bad. I, I did. So the halach is, he has to pay back $1,000, plus a fifth, so he's got to pay back $1,200, and bring a carbon. Now here's the problem. I went to Eretz Yisrael. I took a trip. So you can't pay me back. 
But you say, I'm willing to, so you call me up and you're like, hey, I have the money, it's in my house, come pick it up whenever. The halacha is not enough. You have to go even to Madai. Meaning, in order to get atonement, you have to travel. It's not enough for you to say, I have the money and I'm willing to pay. You have to actually travel to give the money to the person. It's not Yoyt's design by just saying, I'm ready, willing, and able. you got to do it. Travel even to Madai. And by the way, traveling can cost you more than the theft itself. right? Meaning, a flight to Eretz Yisrael, you stole $1,200 from me. The flight to Eretz Yisrael could be 2000 You have to do it. Chazal did not give you a leniency because of the of incurring the cost of travel. That's on you. You shouldn't have stole. That's the You can't give it to the son. You can't give it to Shliach. Not Yoyzezayn. You have to give it to him. But, you could give it to Bezin. That's a Takanas from Chazal. The Chazal said, Chazal noticed, there are going to be circumstances where traveling is going to cost you more than the theft. So you know what people are going to do? They're not going to do tshuva. So Chazal instituted you can't give it to his family members. You can't give it to a shliach. You can go to Bezdin. You can give it to Bezdin. That was a Tankanus Chazal. You don't have to travel. You give it to Bezdin. Okay, fine. Now, Vimeis, Yachs of the Yarshim. Now, by the way, if the person dies, then you can give it to the Yarshim. Okay. Now, again, you have to pay the, you have to return the, the stolen item plus a fifth of a penalty. Let's say you gave the Karen, but you didn't give the fifth. You didn't pay the fifth yet. Or or let's say the, the, the victim forgives you on the actual theft, but he doesn't forgive you on the fifth. In both cases, you owe just the fifth. Or I forgive you both, but I forgive, I still have a Sheva Pruta of the Chaymish left, but not the actual Karen. Meaning in all these cases, I'm Chayev just the Chaymish, just the fifth and not the Karen. You do not have to travel after this. Meaning the requirement to travel to Israel, to give it to him directly, is only to give back the principal. If I already paid back the principal and then he took so, takes off and all I owe him is the chaymish, we're not going to make you travel for the chaymish. Just the chaymish, you could tell the guy, I have it whenever you want, pick it up from my house. Just the chaymish, you don't have to travel, but the karen, you have to. Let's say I paid the fifth, but I didn't pay the Karen. So the opposite case, I still own the Karen. Then you have to travel. Again, it's the same rule. You have to travel for the principal. You do not have to travel for to pay off the Chaymish. Interesting. He's like this. Again, we'll go with the case. Menashe is the thief in this case today. So he stole $1,000 and then denied, swore falsely and then denied and then confessed. So I said he has to pay the principal plus a fifth. $1,000. He stole, so he has to pay $1,200. Let's say he paid. <laughs> so he paid the principal. He paid the 1000 So I say, where's my fifth? He's like, I paid the fifth. I was like, no, you don't. Swear to me that you paid the fifth. I swore I, I swear I paid the fifth. He lies about paying off the fifth and then confesses. He now has to pay a fifth on the fifth. So he has to pay the $200 plus a fifth of the $200. And by the way, this can keep happening. And then I said, you pay. He says, I paid the 200 but I didn't pay. What's a fifth of 200 A fifth of 200 is uh, is uh, 40 40 And then I say, you have to pay me the 40 which is the fifth and the fifth. And he say, I did. And then he swore falsely. And then confess, you have to pay a fifth of the fifth of the fifth. Keep going. You understand? So, go to the next page. You have to pay a fifth of the fifth. 
until uh, until the the Karen until it, until the fifth of a fifth is less than a penny. <laughs> I mean, you'll keep going. You'll keep going. You'll keep going. Yeah. So then the Mishnah says, All the same halachas apply it not just by theft but by Hashem as well. If I give you a thousand dollars to watch and then I say, Menasha, where is it? And you said I give it back to you, or or you say it was stolen, and I say, what are you talking about? And then you and you lie under oath. That it was stolen. And then you confess, same halachas, you have to pay $1,200 with a carbon, and you have to travel to me for the karen, not for the, the exact same halachas apply by uh, a shemachinam that claims it was stolen, but it stolen himself. Okay, beautiful. Now, let me explain outside what this entire Ahmed is going to be doing, and that is like this. We said in the Mishnah that there's a halacha that you have to travel. You can't call up the guy and say, listen, I have your money, pick it up for me. You have to travel, even if that incurs an expense. It's on you. The Mishnah said, when is the case that you have to travel? When you swore falsely. What if you didn't swear falsely? What if I say to Menashe, you stole from me? He's like, no, I didn't. And then, and then, and then a day later, and he doesn't swear, but he denies it. And then a day later, he confesses, so the halach is, he doesn't have to pay a chaymish, but he has to pay back the gneva. To that, it sounds like he doesn't have to travel to me. Meaning the implication is, he only has to travel and incur the loss with the travel because he swore falsely and had a chaymish. But let's say he didn't swear falsely. He's tamaganif. He's got to return the item. I, and, he, and, he, and he confesses, so he doesn't have kefal. He just has the item, $1,000. And he calls me up and, he, and I say, hey, I'm in Israel. The halacha would be, the implication of the Mishnah is that you only have to travel because he swore. Had he not swore, he wouldn't have to travel. That's the implication of the Mishnah. Here's the problem. So according to the Mishnah, do you have to travel and incur the expenses to deliver the, the stolen item? Or could you say to the guy, I have it, I live on 75th Road, come pick it up whenever you want. From the Mishnah, the question is, do you have to travel? The answer is, it depends. If you swore, you have to. If not, not. So it's like check, you know, it's like this. Here's the problem. If you have a scenario where you stole from one person, you st- there's five people, you stole from one of them, you just don't remember which one. Okay, so you have all these five people sitting in front of me, I stole from one of you. The question is, can I just put the money in front of you guys and say, hey, right, there's literally five chairs in front of me, I stole from one of you, I don't remember who I stole from. You're all claiming it's you, obviously. It's thousand dollars. Can I just say, listen, I'm putting the money here. You figure it out. Machlaikis of Tarif and Revakiva. If Tarifin says yes, Revakiva says you have to pay each one. So here's the problem. According to Rev Tarifin, do you have to travel? You never have to travel. I can just put the money down. I'll be like, you do figure it out. According to Revakiva, you have to give it directly. You always have to travel. Our Mishnah said you only have to travel when there's a when there's a shvua. So sometimes yes, sometimes no. The problem is Rev Tarifin and Revakiva are binary. Rav Tarfin always says no, Rav Akiva always says yes. Nobody says no and yes. That's the problem. Okay. Says the Gemara, Nishbali in, loy nishbali loy. The implication of the Mishnah is that I only have to travel when I swore falsely. But had I not sworn falsely, I don't have to. So sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Money, who is the author of our Mishnah? Loy Rav Tarfin, Rav Akiva. It's not Rav Tarfin, it's not Rav Akiva. The Tanan, because they're both binary, they're both Always yes or always no. Someone robbed from five people. One of five people was stolen from. I don't know which one. 
So, Rav Tarfin says, Meniach Gizel B'neim Mestalik. Rav Tarfin just says, put the money down and say, listen, you guys figure it out. So Rav Tarfin obviously holds, you don't have to travel to the guy. You can say, listen, hey, I got the money. It's on my front doorstep, pick it up whenever you want. And Rav Tarfin is saying, you never have to travel. Doesn't indicate whether there's a shvua or no shvua. Then you have Rav Akiva, and he says, That's not the way to fulfill yourself when you did not vera. Rav Akiva says, you have to go to each one and hand it to them. Each one. All five of them. So Rav Akiva would definitely say you have to travel. The Gemara is assuming that their payment to each one is akin to traveling. So Rav Akiva says you always have to travel. Rav Tarfin says you never have to travel. Our Mishnah says, well, it depends. If you stole, if you swore, then yes, if not, not. So our Mishnah is in between. Our Mishnah is gray, and they're both black and white. So the Gemara says money. So who's our Mishnah like? They're arguing, it's seemingly, Rav Tarfin holds you never have to travel, Rav Akiva holds you always have to travel, and our Mishnah is in between. So the Gemara gives two approaches. Loilam Rav our Mishnah could be Rav Akiva. I, Rav Akiva says you always have to travel, our Mishnah says you only have to travel when there's a Shavuah. Maybe Rav Akiva only said his Shita when there's a Shavuah. Meaning, Rav Akiva said you have to travel. Maybe Rav Akiva was saying, you have to add some words in. If you swore falsely, then you have to travel. Okay. When do Rav Akiva say you have to travel or you have to hand it to each one directly? Meaning, Rav Akiva and Rav Tarfer are only talking about a case of a shvua. When there's a shvua, then you have to travel. When there's no shvua, you don't have to. So according to this, if there's no shvua, both Rav Akiva and Rav Tarfin agree you don't have to travel. And you could just put the money down and say, you guys figure it out. Rav Akiva only sh- said his shita when there's a shvua. Okay. My time, what's the source? That when there's a shvua, you have to hand it to each person or travel. The Pasuk says, you'll give it to him on the day that you admit your guilt. Admitting the guilt means after you swore falsely, then you'll give it to him. So fine, so that, that's how you can make the, the mission work. Here's the problem. And Rav Tarfin, by the way, so that means Rav Akiva, what's Rav Akiva Shita right now? He holds like our Mishnah. If you swore falsely, you have to give it to each one. If you didn't swore falsely, put the money there. Rav Tarfin holds... Never have to go. So according to Rav Akiva, do you have to travel to the guy? The answer is, it depends. If you made a shvua, yes. No shvua, no. Rav Tarfin says, you never have to travel. I don't care. Rav Tarfin, Rav Tarfin says, even if you swore, and you swore falsely, you don't have to travel. Why? Rav Tarfin is extending the takana. You ever notice that in our Mishnah, I told you in our Mishnah that if uh, 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 you're allowed to just give it to Bezdin. Why? Because Chazal knew that incurring the expense of travel is going to prevent people from doing tshuva. Rav Tarfin says that same thing applies. If I stole from five people, and I don't know who I stole from, same Takana would say, just put the money down. If I have to give, I stole $1,000 from one of you. Rav Akiva would say, I have to give $1,000 to all five. I have to spend $5,000. Rav Tarfin would say, you don't have to. Why? Where's Rav Tarfin Shita? Swore or not swore? What's the difference? Where does he get it from? He says, the same way you could give the money to Bezdin. Because Bezdin was worried that incurring the loss of travel would prevent you from doing tshuva. Making me pay 5x of what I stole would also prevent someone from doing tshuva. So the same takana Rav Tarfin is extending. 
So it says the Gemara, Abra Rabbanu Takanta, the Tanya, Rav Elazar, Rav Sadek Oimer, Takana Gedayli, Skinu Shem Hoi Seyitzah, Seir El Keren, B'Shalom Keren V'Chayim Shel Bezdin, Umevi Yashamay Miskaperloi. The whole Indian of giving the money to Bezdin is because if traveling will cost you more than the Gneiva, Chazal knew no one's going to do it. So it says Rav Tarfin the same thing. If I stole from one person and there's five people there, so Rav Kiva would tell you, I gotta, I gotta give five, five x. Rav Tarfin says that's crazy. The same Takana which allows you to give it to Bezdin, will prevent you from having to pay 5x. What does Rav Akiva respond? That's a good point, right? Again, everyone agrees, I stole $1,000. I call up the guy, I swore falsely, whatever, blah, 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 I don't care. I call up the guy, I'm like, hey, where are you? He's like, I'm in Israel. I was like, I'll, I'll check the tickets. I stole $1,000, tickets are 2 k So you know, everyone agrees, to give the money to Bezdin, Why? Because Bezdin knew, making me spend 2x, no way I'm going to do it. Let's give it to Bezdin. So if Tarifin said, that same exact Svara will answer his shita. What's the Tarifin shita? I stole from five people. I stole one of them. I stole $1,000 from one of you. All of you are claiming it's you. So if Kiva says, pay each one. Or if Tarifin says, that's crazy. I can just put the money down and walk away. Where, where do you get that from? The same way I can give the money to Bezdin. Because no one's going to spend 2x to travel... So that's saying, no, I'm not spending 5x. I'm putting the money down. What does Rav Akiva respond? Rav Akiva, Rav Akiva responds, they're not equatable. How so? Think about it. Again, what's Rav Tarfin's point? I stole from five of you. There's five of you here. It's five chairs. I stole from one of you. No one, none of you know which one. So if Tarfin says, put the money down in front of you, and you know what I say? Gavin, Rasha, Mr. Lord, my father. Go, you guys figure it out. Where does he get that from? Because if I know who I stole it from, and the guy's in Israel, I don't have to pay him money to go to Israel, because that's too much money. I just give it to Bezdin. You know what Rav Akiva responds? At least over there, you know who you stole it from, and when you give it to Bezdin, Bezdin will deliver it for you. Over here, there are five of you. When I say I'm putting the money down, I'm basically saying, you figure it out. There's no way that that's even a fulfillment of returning the money. When I stole from one of you, and you're in Israel, and I don't want to spend the money to travel, and I call a business and I say, listen, I'm going to give you the money. When he comes, you'll, you'll give it to him. Okay, fine. At least I know who I stole it from. I know who Bezin's supposed to deliver it to. You could say that that's a fulfillment. But here, there's five of you. I don't know who I stole from. I'm putting down the money. I'm like, you guys figure it out. So now you have to fight about this. That's not a fulfillment of the Hashava. Fair enough, but you want to say it's not comparable. At least over there, you could argue by giving it to Bezdin. That's called hushit. Hushit deshiv means you have to return the you have to return the theft. You know it will get you. At least you know you know who it's going to. You know over here the Torah says hushit deshivim. You can't say putting the money down amongst five of you. Maybe in this case I would have to pay all five. I have The pasuk says I have to return. I have a chiv to return the money. I can't do that in this case by just putting the money down. That's Arkiva's response because that's not fair. That's not a return. That's not. It's not. A, it's not a case of like he said, she said. I know I stole from you. I have a mitzvah hashiv teshivim. So Vakiva says. So Tarfin says putting it down is enough because of the bezdin. That's not comparable. By bezdin, at least I know who I stole it from. I tell bezdin, I give your address, and it's fine. But here, I'm just putting it down. I'm like, you guys fight it out. Well, how, how is that a fulfillment? That's the first approach to explain how our Mishnah can follow. Uh, who, who's the author of Mishnah? It's Vakiva. Again, just clarify. We'll be done in two minutes. The Mishnah said, do I have to go to travel to deliver the theft? So the Mishnah said, if you, st- war, if you swore yes, if you didn't swore, swear, no. So it's 
it's sometimes yes, sometimes no. The problem was Rav Akiva seems to indicate you always have to have to travel. To that, Rav Akiva only said Hashita when you swore. When you didn't swear, he didn't say Hashita. Here's the problem. So you're telling me right now, Rav Tarfin Rav Akiva stole from five people, stole from one, you don't know which one. According to Rav Akiva, you could, according to Rav Akiva, put the money down. According to Rav Akiva, you have to travel to each one. When do they say the Machlegas right now? We're reinterpreting the Machlegas. If I didn't swear falsely, everyone agrees like Rav Tarfin, put the money down. Rav Akiva only said a shita when I swore. Here's the problem. Says the Gemara Masiv Rav Hunabar Yehuda Am Rav Shimon Alazar Lo Nechlekur Rav Tarfin Rav Akiva Al Shalokach Echon Mechamisha Nidei Mezim and Lokach Shemniach Demei Mekach Benei Mestalek Amal Nechlekur Shegozlech Mechamisha Benei Adam Benei Mezim and Lokach Shetarfin Armen Niach Demei Gzeil Benei Mestalek Rav Akiva Omer Ein Lo Takanit Shalom Gzeil Chalachavach Now this statement from Rav Shimon Alazar is very understandable, but now it's a little bit hard to understand. Rav Shimon Alazar's shita is the whole machlokes Rav Akiva and Rav Tarfin when you have five people. Is only, and again, the question is can I just put the money down or do I have to deliver money to each one? Says Rashim Allah said, that's only true in a case of theft. What if it's not theft? All of you are diamond sellers. You're all in the jewelry business. I bought money from one of you. I bought jewelry from one of you. So I owe one of you money. Each one of you claim it was you. To that, says Rashim Allah, everyone agrees put the money down. Meaning, Rav Akiva's Chumrah, that you have to pay each one, is dafka in a case of theft. But let's say it's not theft. I didn't break into your stores. I bought from one of you. I don't remember who I bought from. You're all on 42nd? 47th? 47th. 47th Street. And they're right next to each other. I bought from one of them. I don't remember who I bought from. So each one of you claims, I bought it from you. So you say, I owe you a thousand, I owe you a thousand, I owe you a thousand. It's not theft. It's not, I didn't break into your store. The first case, I broke into one of your stores. Each one of you claim it, I broke into your store. That, Rav Akiva says, you have to deliver each one. But says Hashem Al-Azhar, what happens if it's a case of purchasing? I didn't, I didn't steal. I purchased from one of you. To that, everyone agrees to put the money down. Makes a lot of sense. I didn't do anything so wrong. I just bought from you. But wait a minute. But now you're telling me, Rav Akiva Shita... Yeah, yeah, I understand. But that makes sense, though, because I didn't steal. I just owe money. So, I'm putting the money down. Makes a lot of sense. But wait a minute. But now you're telling me that Rav Akiva Shita is only in a case of an oath of swearing falsely. Even in this case. So, you say, I, I, I bought from you. You say, 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 I bought from you. But now the case is, I swore falsely. So, I went to court and I swore I didn't buy from any of you. You know what that does now? All of a sudden, now I'm a Ganif again. Meaning, if you're telling me Rav Shita is Dafka in a case of swearing falsely, then now what does it matter? What does it matter whether I stole it or bought from you? If there's no swearing falsely, so then uh, theft is way worse than going to the store and not remember which store you go to. But if you're telling me Rav Akiva Shita is Dafka in a case of swearing falsely, then it's not just going to a store. I lied under oath. I swore I didn't buy from any of you. You know what that is? That's Gneva. Right? So now you're telling me Rav Akiva Shita is Dafka in a case of swearing falsely. If it's swearing falsely, then why is he moid in a case of purchasing? If there's no swearing falsely, then it makes sense. I, I never swore falsely. I went to one of your stores. I bought from one of you. I don't remember which one. 
I can't decipher it. I put the money down, everyone takes it. That's fine. That makes sense to me. But you tell me, Rebekiva Shita is Dafka in a case of swearing falsely. So I swore falsely, meaning it's not just that I bought from Arvi, I can't remember. I went to court and I swore and I lied under oath that I never bought from any of you. You know what that is? That's Geneva. That's just a different type of theft. So now, I, now it doesn't make any sense. If you're telling me that Rebekiva Shita is Dafka in a case of swearing falsely, then why is he Moida in a case of purchasing that you can just put the money down? It doesn't make any sense. Why? Correct. That's exact. No, that's exactly the point. No, that's exactly the point. Revakiva Shita. We said that Revakiva generally holds that if you steal, you have to go to each one and pay them each one directly, even if it's five x. Oh, Doesn't matter. But now you're saying, but, but Revakiva's moida in a case not a theft, just where I purchased from one of you. I don't remember which one I purchased from. I put the money down. That makes perfect sense. But now you're telling me Revakiva Shita Dafka in a case where you're swearing falsely, meaning the case of purchasing is not just where I purchased from one of you and I don't remember. I went into court. And I said, I swear I didn't buy from you. 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 And I, I lied under oath. You know what that is? That's guilt. That's theft now. It's just a different type of theft. So why is there a Moda? Hold on. He swears that he didn't buy from them. Correct. But he did buy from yeah. one of them. Correct. So now all of a sudden, that's not, that's not as innocent. So why is there a Kiva Moda? So the Gemara says, you're right. Revakiva was not talking about a case of theft. Go back to the original shot. Really, Rev Akiva holds you always have to pay them directly. Rev Tarfin holds you never have to pay them directly. So who is the author of our Mishnah? The answer is Rev Tarfin. The Gemara says, by the way, another problem. First, before we go to the answer, I'm sorry. Uh, the first problem is, then why is Rev Akiva Moda if Rev Akiva is talking about a case of swearing falsely? Again, right now we're saying that Rev Akiva Shita is Dafka in a case of swearing falsely. First of all, then why is Rev Akiva Moda by a case of purchasing? Vaoid. Masiv Rava. Rava says, The story goes with a certain Chosid. That he bought an item from two people, but he doesn't know which one. He came in front of Rav Tarfin. Rav Tarfin said, Hishita, put the money down and let them figure it out. He came in front of Rav Akiva. Rav Akiva said, You have to pay each one. Now, by the way, you tell me Rav Akiva Shita is dafka in a case of swearing falsely. This Chasid Echad swore falsely. Chasid don't swear falsely. The Gemara says, if you tell me Rav Sheet is Davka in a case of swearing falsely, that means that this Chassid Echad swore falsely under oath? Chassid mi Mishtava Who swear? Why would a Chassid? Why would the Gemara call him a Chassid if he's swearing under oath? Maybe it means he's a Baltruva Chassid, meaning he swore under oath when he was a Rosh, and now he's a Chassid. The problem is, The rule of Shas is that whenever it says Chassid Echad throughout Shas, it's either Rav Yudah ben Baba or Rav Bar Eloi. They did not swear falsely. So Rav Akiva Shita cannot just be in a case of swearing falsely because then they would not call him a chassid. The Gemara says, rather, we'll end with this. Really, Rav Tarfin. It's Rav Tarfin. And again, the problem is, who's the author of our Mishnah? Because our Mishnah says, do you have to travel? The answer is, it depends. If you swore falsely, yes. If you didn't swear falsely, no. So sometimes yes, sometimes no. The problem is, Rav Akiva holds you always have to travel. Rav Tarfin holds you never have to travel. The answer is, it's Rav Tarfin. And when the Rav Tarfin say, you don't have to travel and you can just put the money down, dafk in a case where you didn't swear. But if you swore, then you have to. So we're interpreting Rav Tarfin that when Rav Tarfin says no, it's not always no, it's sometimes no. So the Gemara says, When did Rav Tarfin say that you don't have to travel, you can just put the money down? When he didn't swear falsely. But when you swore falsely, a knas, we punish you to go. My time, Amar Kra, La Sher, Huloi, Zenu, Biyemashmasi. And Rav Akiva, Avagabdalai Mishtabakanis. So now the Machalikis is like this Rav Akiva and Rav Tarfin both agree if you swore falsely that you have to travel. And you have to, or in that case, you have to pay 5x. 
The machloikis is dafka in a case where you didn't swear. Rav Akiva holds we still punish you, and Rav Tarfan holds you not. Bar Mishnah that says sometimes yes, sometimes no, is author Bar of Tarfan. We'll stop here, we'll pick it up tomorrow because we're still in the middle of this conversation. Right. My pleasure.